Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is now time in the show, in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, for Fantasy Football Friday. I love this part of the show. I love this part of the week where we get to literally just batten down the hatches and talk fantasy football and just bring it all in one jam-packed segment proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the hub of Wake Up Call Fantasy Football in Central and Upstate New York. It is your home to watch all the games, college football as well as college basketball, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball as we get set for the playoffs and the wild cards that are coming up prior to that, and soccer, everything. You want to come out to the Wildcat Sports Club and hang out, have a good time, try the Wildcat House Special Wings. It's like four different flavors in one. I know a lot of people do house specials and whatnot. These are some of the best wings I've ever had in my life. Get the boneless. Even the bone or boneless. Either way, whatever you like. I like boneless. So go out there and get the Wildcat Wings. Hang out, watch some games, and show some love for a great local sports bar that is more than family-friendly and accommodating. There's kids' parties going on while people are watching the NFL games, and it all functions very easily. So get out to the Wildcat, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, inside of the Home Depot Plaza. And with that being said, in this segment, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, I am more than honored to bring you Fantasy Football Friday with my co-host, Mike Sofka. He's in Central Florida. I'm up here in Central New York. I'll be in Florida soon enough because the Jags are playing. So we all know Florida's the second home to me, and Mike holds down the fort pretty darn well down in Florida. And I'm uh, first and foremost, Mike, Hurricane Irma. I know we talked a little bit off the air. How's everybody faring down in Florida? Uh, it seems to be right. Everybody's trying to get back to normal life. You know, there's, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, it doesn't really take a lot to realize how fortunate we are and when you go without power without water or you can't run up to the store and get something you can't run through the drive-thru and get something to eat you know when when those modern conveniences are all of a sudden gone people are you know i think some some panic but then some realize how fortunate we are so luckily it wasn't you know totally bad in my area you know some people had it worse but you know for the most part everybody's trying to put life back together again and in in doing that and putting life back together again for you I mean how I know that that you're always you know you're doing your fantasy football thing you're in tune with all that I mean did you have the generator going and on the website I mean uh, how are how are you faring knowing that you're such a big football fan well I was I tried to be proactive I I knew that there was a chance I was going to lose power and I I did lose power for a short amount of time and you know, I just pulled, you know, some all-nighters and, you know, did what I had to do going into the week. And it, it wasn't as challenging because, you know, it was basically, you know, the first week. So, you know, I, I kind of had a direction and I just had to kind of sit back and let things happen. And fortunately, it didn't affect me fantasy-wise. And, um, you know, again, I'm very fortunate. So that coming from Mike Sofka, and we're happy that not only you, but Trey, Lisa, everybody doing well down there, and, of course, the entire unit of the Wake Up Call Orlando Fantasy Football League uh, got in touch with a bunch of people yesterday, 
and made sure that everybody was okay and everyone sent positive messages. And and uh, I'm just, just happy to hear that everybody is okay and faring well. With that being said, the Cincinnati Bengals are not okay. And we've gone eight quarters, 120 minutes of football in two weeks, and the Cincinnati Bengals have yet to score a touchdown. They got Joe Mixon. People thought that would be a spark. A.J. Green, people always think that's going to be a spark for the most part. John Ross, if he hadn't been injured, people thought that could be a spark. Andy Dalton and A.J. McCarron, both capable of being starters in the NFL, in my opinion. So, and Cincinnati played both of these games at home. These aren't road games that Cincinnati's not scoring in. They're not scoring when they're supposed to have home field advantage. The best case scenario I said last night for the Houston Texans was knowing that they pulled the card of the Cincinnati Bengals in week two because Houston didn't look that good in the Cincinnati game either. They were just playing a terrible offense. What can you say about Cincinnati and the implications of fantasy football where I told you going into this, Mike, there's a reason why A.J. Green wasn't in my top ten and Cincinnati has proved me right so far. What do you? What can you say about the fantasy implications of Cincinnati's lack of offense in eight quarters to start the season? Well, it's a tough situation that they're in. I mean, you got to get something going, no matter how small or how large it is. I haven't seen Joe Mixon really show up yet. Andy Dalton's not doing anything, and he can't get the ball to AJ Green effectively. I mean, this is a a team that. I don't know where the breakdown is, and, um, you know, these guys are professionals. They're supposed to play a lot better than this, and our expectation, my expectation was a lot better from Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, and company. You know, this is a type of situation where, you know, if I'm if I'm a Cincinnati fantasy owner, if I own any of these guys on my teams, I'm second-guessing some things, and, you know, if a trade comes along, or I might put a feeler out there, I'm not saying panic, it's still too early to panic, but... You know, if you were dependent on these guys, you better have an, an alternate game plan. Hopefully you pick somebody else up, or hopefully you took somebody else at the back end of the draft that can cover you during these struggles. Absolutely. You know, and, and Cincinnati, I thought that Joe Mixon was going to emerge as the guy, and he was going to have a nice compliment in Jeremy Hill, and Giovanni Bernard would have to kind of be on the back burner, so to speak. In the first week, we saw one guy with eight carries, one guy with seven carries, one guy with six carries. So it was it was very, very even. We saw Joe Mixon carry the ball eight times for nine yards, which was by – I mean, you look at Delvin Cook, as I said earlier in the week, Delvin Cook set the all-time rookie debut record for Minnesota, surpassing Adrian, Adrian Peterson in front of Adrian Peterson – with 127 yards, Adrian had 107 in his his debut with Minnesota. We saw Leonard Fournette get 100 yards on the ground for the Jaguars, and both of those teams won. We saw Kareem Hunt defeat, help Kansas City defeat the Patriots on the road and get the most all-purpose yards, 246 of them, since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970. And then we get to Joe Mixon, and it's eight carries for nine yards. And then he responds to the eight carries for nine-yard outing by going out against Houston in the 13-9 loss. And he finished the game with nine carries for 36 yards, which was a whole lot better. But he hasn't found the end zone. 
and he only has 45 yards in two games combined, which is far below the other rookies that I just mentioned. So uh, what can you say about the rushing attack of Cincinnati? I've told people to stay away from Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard because of the disconnect and the concern of who's going to get the ball. And if you play one, you gotta you have to have both in order to equal one player, and it's not worth taking up two spots for one guy's output. So how do you look at it right now where it's still Giovanni, it's still Jeremy, Joe's trying to find a place in this. Being a two, instead of being a two-headed monster, now it looks like a three-headed tyrant that's just not getting anything done. Well, you know, I put all the onus on the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator, but at the same time, execution is critical and they're just not getting it done. So you got to start with the offensive line and, while I haven't totally broken down or totally have an answer for their their woes, if I if I did, I you know I'd be a very rich man and on staff somewhere, maybe in Cincinnati. But the bottom line is still the same. You know, you, the offensive line needs the block. You have to have some sort of a rushing attack in order to have some sort of a passing attack, and in order to have some sort of passing attack, you have to have some sort of rushing attack. So it's almost like the chicken or the egg, which came first. You know, it doesn't matter do something right and it just seems like nothing is going right for them right now and you know i don't know what the answer is yet but again i would be very tepid in week three at this point to you know start the cincinnati Bengal at this point no matter what their name is and i hope i have a better option there are some options out there i mean believe it or not kenny galladay is still available and you know like 50 percent of leagues across the board you know, now if you're in a high-dollar league or a highly competitive league, he's probably already gone. He may have already been drafted. But there's some other opportunities. You can even look to uh, a flex position guy, maybe an Evan Ingram being, you know, an Odell. And that's another story I'm sure we're going to get into maybe out. So, you know, there's a lot of options out there by being creative with your roster. And, you know, hopefully you covered yourself well and, you know, you have some other options. But if not, there's still plenty of options. And if, you know what, you know, if you don't have any options, reach out to me at my website, and I'll try to help you. HallofFameFantasyFootball.com. All right, that coming from Mike Sofka, my co-host here for Fantasy Football Friday. Every single Friday, giving you all the fantasy football advice you need for that week, giving you your fill and your fix. And you're listening to us live now inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Immediately after the show goes off the live stream, you can catch this immediately. You can listen in to any one of our fantasy football shows that we have done for this season. You can even go back to past seasons. But you can listen in to any of the shows that we have done this season by going to the Fantasy Football tab on wakeupcalldt.com. And right underneath that, you will see... All 10 episodes we've done up to this point. This is episode number 11, and you'll be able to listen in to episode number 11 as well right after this show. So you could go back and hear what we had to say over time as things have grown on Fantasy Football Friday. And, of course, you can hear this live broadcast that you're listening to right now. You'll be able to play it back as you're setting your lineup on Sunday morning going, oh, my gosh, I forgot what they said about... Uh, Deshaun Watson. What, what was that thing that they said about Leonard Fournette? And what it, you know, between Leonard Fournette and Delvin Cook, if I have them both and I only have one spot left, who should I? So you know, we we're here to help you right now live, and we're also here to help you immediately after. You can go back and listen in to the show. So I want to thank you so much for your support, 
and uh, definitely HalloFameFantasyFootball.com for Mike Sofka to show him some love there as he's worked very hard and very diligently in the fantasy football realm to be where he is today and in the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, and hence why he is my co-host here, because I trust his opinion, and I trust the back and forth that we have, and that we can give you two points of emphasis. You know, we, he can give his side, I can give my side. Sometimes we agree, and sometimes we don't, and ultimately, we hope that you can find the best answer for your fantasy team between the two of us. Mike, let's get started. Sunday, September 17th, Cleveland at Baltimore. What do you got for this one? Yeah, this should be all Baltimore, and if you have a Baltimore Raven, you probably want to start them. And, you know, I'm talking all the way down to even Joe Flacco. Now, I don't have Joe Flacco as a highly ranked quarterback this week, but Cleveland, Cleveland's just going to be pathetic in this, especially if Baltimore has the type of performance like they had against Cincinnati where they're just able to stifle them. But now that we've seen Cincinnati last night, you second guess, is it Cincinnati or was it Baltimore's great defense? So there's, there's not a lot of positive things I can say on Cleveland side of the ball. You know, if I have a, a, a West in my backfield, a Terrence West, he's an RB2 for me this week. Um, you know, the wide receivers, the, the ability for them to get down the field for Baltimore is going to come true in this game or not. Because with Cleveland getting rid of a Joe Hayden, we're going to see exactly what they have for deep coverage. So, you know, you, you might make a speculative play there on a Jeremy Macklin. I got him as a wide receiver three this week, but um, you know, not much on the Cleveland side. You could probably take some chances with a Corey Coleman, um, but you know, I, I can't really say much for Cleveland. It's still Cleveland, and until they show me something more, something good, you know, I'm I'm kind of tepid. Yeah, you know, the the Cleveland Browns, and I want to address this because they're very close in their home game against the Steelers, losing twenty one eighteen. Deshaun Kaiser did not have a bad outing by any stretch of the imagination. He had a touchdown and an interception. Uh, once again, 20 for 30, 222, and ran in a touchdown. So he had two touchdowns in the game. Corey Coleman caught the one touchdown pass that Deshaun Kaiser threw. You know, Corey Coleman, if you have to go deep in your league, if you need a wide receiver three or four, you have a flex position out there that you're looking for, Corey Coleman is not a bad option for you to put out there for the Cleveland Browns in this game. Deshaun Kaiser, I'm really going to be interested, and I'm going to be watching this game very closely to see exactly how he does on the road. I think that he could have a nice game, but it's hard for me to say to you to play him above, unless you have two quarterbacks that you can play in your fantasy football league, I would not. You know, I mean, there's I'm sure you have somebody on your team that's above Deshaun Kaiser, but I am going to be watching him. I'm going to be watching him very closely because I think that he might put up some nice numbers on the road here. Like Mike said, we got to figure out, is Baltimore's defense really that good? We're going to find out very soon. But Corey Coleman, not a bad option for Cleveland. Isaiah Crowell, he only had 33 yards in week one. I expect a lot more out of him. He's a catch-22. He can get over 1,000 yards, but you always wonder at the end of the season how the hell he did it when you look at his game-by-game numbers. So I took a flyer on him this year. But he's a running back three for me this week. And as far as Baltimore goes, I like Terrence West. I really do. And Joe Flacco at home, not a bad choice if you had to dig deep for 
you know, kind of middle rounds for your quarterback if everybody was gone, if the Bradys and the Rodgers of the world were gone. Joe Flacco, not a terrible option because he does throw the ball a lot. But I like Terrence West in this, and I like Corey Coleman on the other side. Buffalo at Carolina. What do you have for this one? Well, first, I apologize. I back up a bit. You know, there was a speculative pickup who you still might be able to make before the game if you're short on a running back or if you're short on a flex position guy with a Odell situation, like I had mentioned before. And it's Javorius Allen because Danny Woodhead's going to be out for a uh, – for an extended period of time there. So, I, I'm sorry, what was the next game there, the the uh, Buffalo and Carolina? Yeah, Buffalo and Carolina. But you did bring up a good point. Javoris Allen was able to get 70 yards. Terrence West got 80. They both together had carried well the, the more than majority of the load for the Baltimore Ravens. And if they can find a way to use Allen and West productively like they did in week one consistently, number one, Cincinnati should take some notes inside the AFC North. And number two, you could be in pretty good shape because Terrence West and Javoris Allen frustrated a lot of people last year, yet they had a nice give and take with one another in the first game. So that is something worth noting that Javoris Allen, I'm more than sure, could be out there for you in your free agency and fantasy football. This one is Buffalo at Carolina, and who do you have for this one? Well, I, I like both running backs. I like the running backs from each team. The primary running back, LaShawn McCoy, of course, he's a running back one. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's slipping a little bit off to running back two for me this week. He's my best option. He may be my best option. But I noticed he was a decoy in a lot of plays last week. And you could see, I, I mean, I know it was Sam Fran, but there were times where he was coming out of the backfield or coming out of the slot. And he had three defenders keying on him. And meanwhile, the guy over the top was getting open with, with single coverage so you know it's a it's a thing that they're going to use to their advantage he's still going to score some points he's just not an rb1 yet he has that potential and he could be one by the end of this week but we'll just have to wait and see but you know hopefully you have a better option but he is definitely an rb2 for you this week you know I, i i don't know what else to say about cam newton's cam newton they're trying to contain him trying to make him more of a pocket guy you know, to reduce the risk of injury. If I had a Tyrod Taylor, I'm not excited about starting him this week. Uh, I got him a low-end QB2 this week. And, you know, receiver-wise, I'm still waiting for a couple guys to break out here. You know, Jordan Matthews looked like he had one deep ball for, for Buffalo. And then when you consider that, you know, Kelvin Benjamin's yet to really show up, I, I, I still have him as a wide receiver, too. You got to feel that if they're trying to contain – uh, Cam Newton and keep him in the pocket more offensively, that means better options, better looks for Kelvin Benjamin. And, of course, Greg Olson's a, a must-start tight end. Yeah, when I look at this game, when you when you go into Buffalo at Carolina, you know, Buffalo, like I said, going into today's show, Buffalo fans should not be overly ecstatic in how they played up against the New York Jets I will say that LaShawn McCoy, 110 yards on the ground, 22 carries. He didn't get a touchdown, but the man went to work, and, you know, he's still an RB1 for me. Charles Clay, not a bad tight end to put out there. I know some of you picked him up late because you needed an emergency tight end. He's not a bad opportunity for you to have. Zay Jones, I'm I'm on the fence right now about him. He's like a wide receiver five, which leaves him off the list. Right, I want to see his emergence happen on this team and I have not seen that yet as Mike said Jordan Matthews didn't have many catches he only had two he was only targeted three times but he had 61 yards in the game no touchdowns Uh, Charles Clay 
and LaShawn McCoy would be the two that I would play with Buffalo being on the road at Carolina. Cam Newton, I expect him to be better, and he should definitely take advantage of the Buffalo Bills in this game. Jonathan Stewart surprised me somewhat, but he's still a running back three to me. Christian McCaffrey is a guy that's perfect for your flex position. He did not get the majority of the carries for Carolina in week one. However, he did end the game with 85 all-purpose yards. So Christian McCaffrey is going to be utilized. The question comes, how much will they use Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funchess if if Christian McCaffrey is doing what he does in the running game and the receiving game, and if Christian McCaffrey can help Jonathan Stewart to finally get comfortable since Jonathan Stewart has not really ever had the help that he needed consistently in the backfield. So Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton for Carolina, not bad options, but I'm wary of the Carolina receivers. And then on Buffalo's side, I like Charles Clay and LaShawn McCoy. Next game that we have up is Arizona at Indianapolis. Arizona started off really well at Detroit and then allowed Matt Stafford to have a phenomenal fantasy day. Now they're going up against a team in Indianapolis that's all kinds of crazy on offense when it comes to passing the ball. But I did mention a guy named Marlon Mack before all this got started, and he's the guy that was getting the goal line looks repeatedly for Indy in week one. Arizona at Indy, who do you have for this one? Well, if you're an Arizona fan and or if you owned David Johnson, you're wondering what the heck is going on here. He's going to be out probably at least eight weeks, uh, possibly not coming back till December games. So, you know, hopefully you went out and picked up Kerwin Bell. He's going to be the rookie getting the nod here. They're going to mix it up with Andre Ellington being the third down guy. And even signed back Chris Johnson, which I'm sure he's still got some speed, but, you know, on a track. But I'm not sure his cuts are what they once were, and there's a reason why he wasn't rostered. But it makes sense for them because he did that fill-in role once before as well and did a, did a yeoman's job. So, you know, I wouldn't be afraid of one of those guys. I am kind of afraid of anything that has Indianapolis name on it. I've downgraded everybody, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Frank Gore, Marlon Mack. Everybody's got a downgrade, in my opinion, because of the quarterback situation there. And until they get that straightened out, there's a lot of nothing happening for me on an Indianapolis player in fantasy. On uh, the quarterback issue for Arizona, Carson Palmer, you know, is Carson Palmer. He's a journeyman-type player. He's still hanging on. I'm surprised he's still playing, but he is. And you know what? When you have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who you can put out, as a, as a wide receiver, one on your team, why not? So, you know, he's got Larry Fitzgerald to throw the ball to. They got some speed and, and Brown and J.J. Nelson. It's just a matter of putting it all together. But it's going to be interesting to see how that running attack develops this week. This is almost like a practice game for Arizona, if you ask me, uh, with uh, Indianapolis. Even though it's on the road, it's, uh, it's, a, it's like a practice game for the Cardinals. Yeah, you know, Arizona, you would like to think, I thought that they were going to, it was one of just a couple games I got wrong in in predictions in week one. I thought that Arizona was going to come out better on the road at Detroit, and they did not. Uh, Carson Palmer, not a bad quarterback for you to have as a quarterback two, but a quarterback one, not so much. I do think that he'll have his way with the Colts, but... One touchdown and three interceptions in week one makes me a little bit concerned. David Johnson being out gives way to Kerwin Williams, having some more opportunities as well. 
Uh, Arizona-wise, I like Larry Fitzgerald. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot more with Arizona right now with David out. So Larry Fitzgerald I would play. I would look to J.J. Nelson, who might be out there in some of your leagues. I know he's definitely out there in some of the wake-up call fantasy football leagues in Central and Upstate New York, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub. So Larry Fitzgerald and J.J. Nelson, not bad to put out there. Potentially John Brown. If you need uh, another wide receiver, a third wide receiver, fourth wide receiver. And then as far as Indy goes, I think they're going to play Jacoby Brissett. I think if it was up to me, I would. I know I would play Jacoby Brissett. And I would have started him over Scott Tolzien in the first week. So, I, with that being said, think that Indy's going to run the ball a lot. I found it interesting that they ran the ball 10 times with Frank Gore, the vet, and 10 times with Marlon Mack, the University of South Florida rookie. So, I would go out there, scour your free agency, and I'd sneak Marlon Mack onto your team if you can make it happen, and I'd put him on your roster for this game, and I'd, I'd let him be out there for you. Frank, I'm not saying Frank Gore's not going to get opportunities, but Marlon Mack was getting numerous red zone and goal line looks in his first game ever in the NFL, and he's behind Frank Gore. So I think that's saying a lot. So Marlon Mack is a running back three, in my opinion, to put out there this week, a flex guy to put out there. T.Y. Hilton, Mike and I discussed how you got to put T.Y. out there because he's going to find a way to get it done no matter who the quarterback is, and he did. He got 57 yards, not a ton, but he was targeted more than anybody else, almost double Dante Moncrief. So I would say T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack, outside shot at Frank Gore on Indy side and on the Cardinal side, I would look at their wide receivers starting with Larry Fitzgerald and give them an opportunity because I think they're going to be beaming the ball downfield in this one. This is a wake-up call fast break. Okay, if you want to be a winner, okay, and who would want to be a loser? Not me. I always win. One every time. One when I came out of my mother's womb to where I am today. I never lose, ever. And one of the reasons why is because I go to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for all my fantasy football advice. I go to Mike Safka, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Great guy. Get in touch. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. You heard it right here. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Tennessee at Jacksonville. What do you have for this game where Jacksonville has vowed that they would play this game and they will be playing this game? They played in Houston somehow after Hurricane Harvey 
And now they're back somehow after high tide and flooding in Jacksonville after Hurricane Irma. They will be having their first home game of the season up against their in-division rival, Tennessee, of the AFC North. What do you have for Tennessee at Jacksonville? Well, Jacksonville needs every dollar they can get on uh, you know, the games, so it's no surprise to me if they were able to play this game any way, anyhow, any shape, any form in a general area, Hopefully, and you know, as they are keeping it in Jacksonville, you know, it's a it's a it's a great thing for them. They they're one of the teams that can ill afford to not have people show up for a game or lose another game. Don't forget, they're still playing in you know overseas as well. So the the thing with Jacksonville, or as they call it now, Saxonville, I guess after ten sacks, you know, that's a defense, and I don't normally spend a lot of time on kickers or defenses. A lot of times, I stream the best matchups for defense. Jacksonville's still out there in a lot of cases. You need to pick them up and probably ride this until you're proven wrong. I would take, uh, you know, if I if I did take uh, a defense with my last or second to last pick there, picking my kicker last, you know, and, and Jacksonville was a better matchup, which I think they are this week, you know, with all those sacks and all that pressure and all these top-round draft picks finally starting to play on the field at the same time and gel together. It could be trouble for Marcus Mariota, but I still got Marcus Mariota as a QB one this week. I still have the the running attack gonna gonna sit stand pat for both teams. I think they're gonna do about the same with Demarco Murray and Leonard Fournette for Jacksonville. They're both uh, running back ones in my opinion here, and uh, I'm looking at the receivers and. You know, I'm just not real high on any of the receivers, unfortunately. You know, maybe an Eric Decker as a wide receiver three. I, I just don't see a lot in the air here due to, you know, the ability to get pressure on the quarterback. Delaney Walker is going to be a tight end to look at. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of defense. So if you have the Jacksonville defense, great. If you don't, go get them. Yeah, when I look at this game, I'm going to start with Tennessee, the road team. Delaney Walker is, you know, he was a leading receiver at the tight end position, leading receiver of the Titans in week one. And this is no shock to those of you that have drafted and paid attention to Delaney Walker over his fantasy football and reality career. Seven catches for 76 yards in a loss to the Oakland Raiders. So I like him. I like Rashard Matthews, 71 yards, targeted just as many times as Delaney Walker. He's not a bad option to have out there, but you know, as Mike said, there's going to be pressure coming from the Jaguars' defense, and when there's pressure coming, you look at your checkdowns, you look at your guys that stay close, it can get you some yards, and that's your running back and your tight end. So, Rashard Matthews as a wide receiver maybe four this week, as well as Corey Davis. Delaney Walker, I think he's a starter for you at tight end. I think DeMarco Murray is a starter for you at running back still. And Marcus Mariota, not a bad option for you. On Jacksonville's side, Jacksonville's defense and special teams, Leonard Fournette are clear starts for me in this game. Allen Hearns, a wide receiver three opportunity for you. Allen Robinson is on injured reserve. D.D. Westbrook, who is a Boletnikoff finalist, is on injured reserve as well after after having his core muscle surgery. So both of those guys are out. The tight ends for Jacksonville, very interesting. James O'Shaughnessy is the guy that caught a pass. Not Mercedes Lewis, not Mikel Rivera. It was James O'Shaughnessy for the Jaguars. So I would lean more heavily in Week 2 against Tennessee on Leonard Fournette, the Jacksonville defense and special teams, and potentially Aaron Hearns in this game. But I think it's going to be Leonard Fournette against DeMarco Murray, and there's a good shot that Leonard Fournette could win that battle. 
Next one up is Philadelphia at Kansas City. What do you have for this one? Well, we're going to see if Kansas City is for real, and I think they are, and they're going to be led by Kareem Hunt. The rookie exploded on the scene last week with a couple hundred yards, some touchdowns, some long bursts. So, you know, I think it's going to be the Kareem Hunt and and Tyreek Hill show again. I think we're going to see that, you know, as we talked about, speed kills. So either one of those guys are definite starts, a wide receiver one in Hill and a running back one in, in Hunt. The quarterback situation, if you have – Alex Smith, and maybe you took a flyer on him as your backup quarterback. He's on the verge of a QB1 situation here. If he can put two, you know, in fantasy football purposes, they say that you really arrive when you can do it two weeks in a row. If you can do it two weeks in a row, guess what? Now everybody wants you. So be careful with that. Again, the biggest thing after week one is overreaction. A lot of guys, you know, I, I've been looking at the waiver wire and seeing guys jump on some people, but cutting other people who are just as worthy. And I'm like, well, that's okay. You, you wanted to change your flavor. I'll take the flavor you dropped over here when that guy clears waivers and nobody's thinking about him anymore. I won't burn a waiver and I'll get a quality player on my team. So don't overreact this week. By, but by all means, if there's a quality player out there, you know, snatch him up. You know, I think that uh, this is going to be an interesting game for both teams. They can both run the ball. They can both pass the ball as well. So quarterback situation, though, I'm not sure Carson Wentz is a QB1 at all this week. He's a QB2. And, you know, like I said, Alex Smith sneaking into that QB1 edge there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Alex Smith, especially because he's going up against Philadelphia, I think Alex Smith gets an opportunity, in my opinion, to potentially be a quarterback one for you. Now, that is saying that you don't have Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan or some of the other guys out there like a Derek Carr or even, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and whatnot or a Drew Brees. If you have Alex Smith versus Ben Roethlisberger on your roster and those are your two guys, this week I may, I may lean more heavily toward Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith did something that has never been done in the Bill Belichick era. And that is go up against him and have at least 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions as a quarterback. And Alex Smith did that. And I'm sure that nobody thought Alex Smith was going to be the guy to do that. I think Alex Smith is potentially worth the play in this one. Kareem Hunt is definitely worth the play. And Tyreek Hill... Tyreek Hill had 133 yards as the leading receiver in week one. Kareem Hunt had 148 yards on the ground as the leading rusher. They are a phenomenal one-two punch. And they both, Tyreek runs the ball and Kareem catches the ball as well. So Travis Kelsey, he is a tight end two to me just because of the firepower of Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. But Kelsey still isn't a terrible option for you. And I like Alex Smith. And I would even consider Kansas City's defense and special teams because of the weapons that they have and because they're playing Philadelphia. On the other side of it with the Philadelphia Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt. I don't know why people passed on him. So many did. Drafted him in the 18th round or they let me get him in like the 13th round or 14th or whatever. LeGarrette Blunt scored in his opening week and he was the leading rusher for the team, which I know isn't saying much for Philadelphia, but LeGarrette Blunt is going to get the carries. And he's going to get goal line opportunities because he's a big back. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So LeGarrette Blunt isn't a bad guy to put out there as a running back three for you. Potentially a running back two, depending on how deep your league is. And a flex position. Zach Ertz, 
I don't mind him on this one as well. Nelson Aguilar, I can't tell you to start him when this is the first good game he has had in two years. So I'm not going to lean on him. And I know he's definitely available out there for you unless you have a Philadelphia Eagles fan in your fantasy league like like we have in one of ours. But I can't say Nelson Aguilar until I start seeing some consistency. So Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, potentially Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs side. And then Zach Ertz and LeGarrette Blunt on the Philadelphia Eagles side. And then if you have Kansas City's defense and special teams, not a bad play for you in this one. New England at New Orleans. Two teams with phenomenal quarterbacks that still lost in week one. What do you have for this? Somebody's coming out of this one with a victory unless they decide to tie. New England at New Orleans. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, this could be a bad situation for New Orleans. They could start 0-2 here, if you ask me, because I think the thing that's scarier than the Patriots coming off a loss is the Patriots coming off a loss and having extra days to prepare, and you're coming off on the short week. Okay, remember, the Patriots played the Thursday night opener, so they get extra time in. So you're going to give Bill Belichick extra time against you. And then remember, on the flip side of the coin, New Orleans is coming off the Monday night. So they're on a short week, which we all know the short weeks in the NFL are no fun. So you see that, you know, if you're spotting Belichick two or three days, that's not good. Tom Brady's the number one overall quarterback this week against the soft New Orleans secondary. I think he's definitely a start if he's on your team. You know, and, and of course, Gronk, I think that situation last week's an anomaly. I think we're going to see more Gronk this week. I think Gronk and uh, Tom Brady are a nice stack for you in daily as well. You're going to have to pay for them, but you can fill in the spots with some uh, affordable options throughout the roster. On the flip side, Drew Brees isn't a bad guy to have either because it's going to be kind of a shootout because if New, or- if New England's piling it up, New Orleans is going to have to keep up, so they're going to have to throw the ball as well. And when you go to the backfield, I'm not as excited about some of these guys strictly because it's kind of muddy. It's kind of murky on both sides of the ball. I don't know who's getting the ball. I know Gillis, who's going to get the goal line carries from New England. That I do know. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson didn't look too happy. I don't know what the situation is with James White. Are they going to work Rex Burkhead in this week? Mark Ingram, is he going to get his share of the carries? What about what, what about Kamara? Is he going to get? There's a lot of questions on both sides of the ball in the running back situation. But Brandon Cooks is definitely a guy you want to start at receiver for New England. Michael Thomas, definitely a guy you want to start for New Orleans. Uh, Kobe Fleener's in a do-or-die week, if you ask me. He's got to start to turn it up. I think he will. I think he'll make some connections in the end zone with Drew Brees here. So look for a high-scoring affair, and look for it to be mostly New England, and look for some question marks to be in New Orleans. Yeah, when I, when I look at uh, New Orleans as far as their backfield – you know, we had the notion that Alvin Kamara was going to get some opportunities this season. I was thinking, okay, if you got Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram, you got two vets, Mark Ingram coming off of his best year that he's ever had in the NFL. And then you have Adrian Peterson, who is trying to resurrect his career, that Kamara would have to be the punt return, kick return guy. Well, Kamara got seven carries, and Ingram got six, and Peterson got six. So, Peterson and Ingram are doing what I thought they would do, which is split the carries. However, Kamara is involved in that more so than I thought he would be in week one and getting the majority of the carries as the rookie on the team. So it's very difficult fantasy-wise to tell you, oh, definitely put one of these running backs out there for New Orleans. Kamara, for me, 
is he's a running back three. He's a flex guy I would put out there. Adrian Peterson's got an issue with the fact that I, I, I guess he wasn't getting the ball enough in front of Minnesota and he wanted to prove something. But Coach Sean Payton, he's a head coach for a reason. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Adrian Peterson does not. So with that being said, I can't tell you Peterson or Ingram I feel really good about in this game. I feel pretty good about Kamara, and I would put him out as a running back three, put him out in your flex position, and let him go to work. Peterson and Ingram, I'm going to I'm gonna wait, and I'm going to see how they are this week, and, and if Peterson is having, if he, if he becomes a locker room problem, they're going to have to address this and address it quick, and I'm not beyond, nor do I think Sean Payton is beyond saying, Peterson, go find a job somewhere else, because guess what? Ingram was doing just fine without you, and Kamara looks like he could be a nice one-two punch for me. So if you're going to be a pain in my butt on the sideline, we don't need you. And it obviously didn't help in the New Orleans road game against Minnesota. As far as New Orleans receiving, Michael Thomas, you'd like to hope he had five catches on eight targets. He was targeted more than anybody else. You'd hope he'd get in the end zone this week when he's going to be at home. So Michael Thomas is somebody to look to. And then as far as the Patriots go, Oh, and Drew Brees. I don't think Drew Brees is going to have back-to-back one touchdown, and that's it. So he may throw a pick in this game, but I don't see Drew Brees as having an, as 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 small and as quiet of a fantasy game, especially being at home. As far as Tom Brady goes, he had no touchdowns in week one, and you know how Tom Brady plays angry. So I would put Tom Brady out there. Mike Gillisley, I told y'all, I said, listen, on some depth charts, he's number four. But in my opinion, he is that guy that they the Patriots do it all the time. They take former Dolphins, they take former Bills, they take former Jets players, and they turn them around and make them better than they have ever been. Mike Gillisley, coming from the Bills, had a pretty good season last season, even though he was behind LaShawn McCoy and splitting time with Jonathan Williams. And I didn't think he was going to have three touchdowns in Week 1, but I did think he was going to be the back that would dominate the carries, and he did. 15 carries, three touchdowns in the game. I would put Mike Gillisley out there, Tom Brady out there. Danny Amendola has a concussion and a knee injury. He did not practice Thursday, so I would lean on Brandon Cooks, and maybe you take a flyer on Rex Burkhead if you got to go deep because Danny Amendola is not going to be out there for the team more than likely. Minnesota at Pittsburgh before we take our step aside here on Fantasy Football Friday inside a wake-up call with Dan Tortora, live on MixLR.com backslash DT. Minnesota Pitt, what do you have for this one, Mike? Well, on paper, you would think this would be a defensive game here strictly because of, well, Minnesota did a pretty darn good job last week on defense, and the Pitt defense you know, is is a little more solid now, even with the addition of Joe Hayden. So, you know, you got a T.J. Watt who burst on the scene. This guy can do everything. He can rush the passer. He can intercept the ball. He can run it back. Uh, there's some people out there saying he's going to end up being better than J.J. Watt. I, you know, I'm like, whoa, 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 relax. It's one game. But, you know, like, like I said before, two weeks in a row, then you make me a believer in the fantasy world here. You know, running the ball, both teams are able to run the ball. Dalvin Cook, an obvious RB1. You know, not everybody saw that going into the year. Minnesota saw it. That's why Latavius Murray isn't the guy, and that's why Dalvin Cook is, and that's why they were able to snatch him up. You know, of course, and then you got Le'Veon Bell on the other side of the ball. So both teams can run the ball. Well, I got news for you. Both teams can throw the ball as well because Antonio Brown is still a top wide receiver this week. 
And then you got Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen putting it together on the other side of the ball. And when you take that and you compound the fact that Kyle Rudolph is capable of catching touchdown passes, but wait, so is Jesse James, who had some contact with Ben Roethlisberger last week. Looks like they're starting to put the band together here in Pittsburgh. I look for this to be a tight game. I look for it to be a higher scoring game than people think. And I look for a lot of fantasy points out of this game. Yeah, you know, I think that Sam Bradford is knocking on that door for me of being a quarterback one. His numbers last season were very respectable, and he was left off of many rosters. And here he is again. He debuts 27 of 32, only five incompletions, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 346 yards. Adam Thielen, who was said to be his number one target, had 157 yards on nine catches in the first week. And then the second wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, had 93 yards and two touchdowns. Jarek McKinnon got involved. Kyle Rudolph got involved. Delvin Cook got involved in the receiving game as well. Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon did nothing on the ground, but that's because Delvin Cook is he's trusted right at week one, right walking into this thing. So, you know, for Minnesota at Pittsburgh, you like to think this might be a defensive game, but I think there's firepower on both sides. So, I'm not beyond telling you to start Matt Bra- Sam Bradford, pardon me, Sam Bradford in this game, depending on who else you have, but he is right outside quarterback one to me. Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph of Minnesota. I didn't think that Minnesota would be one of the easiest teams to give you fantasy advice on, but they're becoming that way, and that's not because of week one. That goes back, I stretch back into last year too. Outside of Delvin Cook, I'm stretching back there going, yeah, there were some steals there. Some guys you could get. Ben Roethlisberger on the other side, not a bad play for you. Le'Veon Bell, I would like to believe that he's not 10 carries for 32 yards again. I know that Minnesota's run defense is pretty darn good, but Cleveland's run defense was even better last year, or last week, pardon me. 17 carries for 35 yards they allowed to Pittsburgh. The Vikings allowed 60 yards on 21 carries to New Orleans, so... Watch out for that, but it's hard for me to say that Le'Veon Bell shouldn't be out there for you. And Antonio Brown had 182 yards in week one, and Pittsburgh was able to get 263 receiving yards out there. Minnesota allowed 291 to the Saints despite defeating them by 10 points. So I would look for this to be a pass-happy game, but you'd also like to think that your running backs are going to get involved. So... Going down, you know, going to both sides, Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Bradford, not bad plays at quarterback. Le'Veon Bell, Delvin Cook, not bad plays at running back. Antonio Brown, not a bad play at receiver. On the other side, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Kyle Rudolph for Minnesota, Jesse James for Pitt. I joked around about Jesse James being the name of, of countless people in the music industry. He had two touchdowns on six catches, and he's the only one to catch a touchdown pass from Ben Roethlisberger in week one. And I know he was left off of some of your rosters. So make sure that you go and sneak him onto your team as Pittsburgh's playing at home. We'll take a quick fast break and we'll come back with the rest of the matchups, starting with Chicago at Tampa Bay and working our way all the way through Monday Night Football in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Okay, if you want to be a winner, okay, and who would want to be a loser? Not me. I always win. One every time. One when I came out of my mother's womb to where I am today. I never lose, ever. 
And one of the reasons why is because I go to HallofFameFantasyFootball.com for all my fantasy football advice. I go to Mike Safka, HallofFameFantasyFootball.com. Great guy. Get in touch. HallofFameFantasyFootball.com. You heard it right here. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. It is the home of the Dan Tortora Special, and Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is the home of Fantasy Football Friday giving you your entire week's worth of fantasy football advice, all smack dab in one giant segment, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, your hub for watching games in central and upstate New York, your hub for all my wake-up call VIP owners that get money off every time they go and get food at the Wildcat for takeout or for dining in and hanging out, full bar, family-friendly, Massive place with the NFL ticket as well as soccer games that are available for you to see. College football, college basketball when it comes up. The NBA, MLB, and so much more. So make sure that you find your way to the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, inside of the Home Depot Plaza. And their wings are absolutely amazing. Their house wings, oh my God, they're so good. I got them boneless, and I got the normal bone-in, and they're both absolutely amazing. So make sure you get out there and get the Wildcat wings when you get an opportunity, which should be for you this weekend, if not tonight, and make sure you get out there and do that. We are talking fantasy football. Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, bringing it to you live right here. Chicago at Tampa Bay is the next one we got up. Tampa Bay was off in week one, they will play 16 straight weeks thanks to Hurricane Irma. They start this one at home. Chicago at Tampa Bay. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, they should be fresh for this one, but there's still, you know, some concern. You know, there's a lot of damage to the area. And, you know, those those things, you know, weigh on you. You know, property damage, people, you know, family, everything weighs on you, whether you have a home game or an away game, you know, when, when you go through a storm like that, like we addressed early in the show, but neither here nor there. Jameis Winston's a must-play this week. I don't need to tell you that. He's a QB1 on your team. But on the other side of the ball, not so much with a Mike Lennon against the Tampa Bay defense, which should be swarming all over him. You know, Jacquez Rogers is going to get the start because, you know, don't forget the muscle hamster is going to be on uh, on suspension. 
suspension for three games there due to the PED, and then he came out, went to rehab, said he had some substance abuse problems as well. Now, the hottest pickup of the week, Tariq Cohen, if you didn't get him and he's still out there, go grab him. I'd be surprised if he's out there. But Tariq Cohen looks like he's in a timeshare with Jordan Howard at this point. I like Jordan Howard a lot because Tariq Cohen is explosive. And when you look at the receivers, you know you got to start Mike Evans. And, you know, I, I think those are the big players in this game across the board. Anybody else might be a reach. I, I mean, they're going to try to spread the ball around in Tampa. They're going to try to pass a lot if they can. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't reach much more than the players I talked about there in, in Winston, Jacquez Rogers, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, and Mike Evans. Yeah, when you when you look at this matchup, Chicago at Tampa Bay, you know, Tariq Cohen, I brought him up, and I know some of you, I talked about it earlier in the week, and you already went to free agency and picked him up. So you listen to me, and that's great. I didn't get to him fast enough, though, so that sucks. But Tariq Cohen, 66 yards on five carries. Jordan Howard, 13 carries for 52 yards. Outdid Jordan Howard in less than half of the carries on the ground, and then was the leading receiver for Chicago above Zach Miller, and then the list went down from that. I mean, that Tariq Cohen, you thought Jordan Howard was the guy, and now Tariq Cohen's this wonderful surprise. You definitely put him out there for this Chicago game. Kevin White just cannot stay healthy, and my prayers and my hopes are with him. He has He's on injured reserve right now. And Jordan Howard has a shoulder injury. He was limited in practice on Thursday. Marcus Wheaton has a finger injury. So their receiving core looks ugly for Chicago again, which bodes very well for Tariq Cohen to catch a bunch of balls out of the backfield and to run the ball. So for Chicago, I lean on Tariq Cohen, and that's that's really all I lean on. For Tampa at home, you know that Jameis Winston loves energy, loves to play with that enthusiasm. He's coming back from having to wait to play because of a hurricane. So I like Jameis in this game. I know he's going to have the energy to go out there and have some fun. So I'd put Jameis Winston out there for Tampa Bay for sure in this game. Outside of Jameis Winston, obviously you have to look to potentially putting Deshaun Jackson out because they're playing Chicago. And also looking at the opportunity of putting out Mike Evans, of course. Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard. If you have one of them and you can play two tight ends, it's worth the nod. We still don't know who's going to be the major guy on the team. We know that Jameis likes Cameron Brait, but we also know that Jameis likes big weapons, and he got one in O.J. Howard in the draft. So I feel good about Winston, Evans, Deshaun Jackson for the most part, and then Cameron Brait or Jordan Howard. I probably lean more on Cameron Brait in this first game. And Jacquez Rogers. I think he should be the starter. And Doug Martin did it to himself. He's been out. He's out because of his own wrongdoing. So let Jacquez run all over Chicago. But Tariq Cohen, even though I only picked one person for Chicago, that might be one of your bright spots in your week this week for fantasy football in week two. Miami at Los Angeles. Miami was also off and will also play 16 weeks straight. What do you think about Miami going up against the Los Angeles Chargers? Well, you know, this is going to be a tough situation for them because not only did they have to weather the storm, but they did that on the West Coast. So now you're in unfamiliar territory, you're on somebody else's backyard, and you're kind of in the back of your mind worried about your own property and your own family and all that stuff. A lot of family and so forth were out there with them, I'm sure. And, again, this is a, a week one situation for Miami. So, 
You know, I don't look to expect to see a lot from Jay Cutler. Uh, I would think I'd see more from Phillip Rivers. He's sneaking in as a QB1 this week. As far as running the ball, i got to stay with my man Melvin Gordon until he proves me wrong. You know, this is a guy who you want to have on the field. He's definitely a running back one. Jay Ajayi, though, should have a big week this week. Getting up. Looks like the Chargers might be a little soft against the run, so this might be something that, you know, you may have a sneaky play here in a Jay Ajayi who you were thinking might be a, you know, a low-end RB1 or an RB2, and now he's a top-five running back, in my opinion, this week. And then receiver-wise, you know, you could stay with a Jarvis Landry, um, Keenan Allen, of course, Tyrell Williams. Any of these guys are going to be speculative plays. I would lean more toward the Charger players than I would the Miami players in this one just because of the hurricane, the question marks, being on the road, and, and so forth. So I, he, Hunter Henry is an interesting play to me. He's a bottom-end, tight-end one. I think the Antonio Gates type thing is fading away here. So if you're an Antonio Gates holder, hopefully you're just hanging on to him for a touchdown or two this year as an emergency situation. But Hunter Henry seems to be a real interesting play for me this week. Yeah, you know, when I when I look at this matchup with the Dolphins at the Chargers, the Chargers did you know kind of leave me a little bit puzzled after week one as far as Hunter Henry getting nothing. So that was that was a very interesting way to start things off. But I'm going to start with Miami. Uh, Jay Ajayi, he's in a position right now as far as injury goes. I want to make a note here on Jay Ajayi. He is questionable, surprise name on the injury report with a knee problem. If he is good to go, then Jay Ajayi is somebody that I would put out there for your team in this. He is a running back, too for me right now, but you know, he is an option for you. Devontae Parker. I like Devontae Parker out there. I think he's going to emerge as the number one guy above Jarvis Landry. So I like Devontae Parker and Jay Ajayi. As far as tight ends go, Julius Thomas, if you have to play a couple, he would be your second one to put out there. And I'm on the fence about Jarvis Landry. On the other side, Phillip Rivers, you got to play Phillip Rivers in this game. Uh, Of course, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon doesn't, he's one of the running backs that doesn't have a lot to be concerned about. There's Brandon Oliver and nobody else. So put Melvin Gordon out there. You know he's going to get the majority of the touches. Tyrell Williams, I told people to draft. A lot of people passed on him. I still think he can emerge as number one for the Los Angeles Chargers. Travis Benjamin and Keenan Allen, the jury's out for me on this one. Keenan, God willing, will not get hurt for the rest of his life or in his career. He is somebody that gets hurt a lot, though, which makes me very speculative about him. He had 10 targets. He caught five of them in the game. I would like to think that Hunter Henry is worth the play in this one and that he'll get some looks. So I would say Tyrell Williams, Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon, and Phillip Rivers for the Chargers. In the next matchup, New York Jets at the Oakland Raiders. What do you have for this one? Oh, the Jets. <laughs> Miserable. The one position I thought they had nailed down last week let everybody down their defensive front. I got nothing good to say about the Jets. If if you have a Jet on your team, I'm sorry. Obviously, you haven't listened to me. Uh, you know, my pity goes out to you. If you have an Oakland player, though, this is a good game to start them. This is total black and white situation. This is opposite ends of the spectrum. I look for Derek Carr to have a big game. I look for Marshawn Lynch to have a big game. I look for Amari Cooper to have a big game. I look for Michael Crabtree to have maybe a bigger game than Amari Cooper. You know, 
the New York defense just isn't very good right now. Their offense isn't very good right now. Their quarterback situation, their running back situation, they're bringing in guys from the street who used to play for the Jets in the 70s to try out for receiver. It's a train wreck. So, yeah, if you have an Oakland player, play them. They're going to score a lot of points. And if you have a Jet player, well, I'm sorry, you're going to finish in last place this year. <laughs> if you have a Jet player and you're not on the waiver wire, something's wrong with you right now. So, you know, for the Jets, Josh McCown was the only running back to get a touchdown. And I'm going to say running back because he ran the ball twice. Ran the ball twice for zero yards in total, but was able to get into the end zone. Bilal Powell, to anybody that drafted Bilal Powell, I told you, four years this man has tried to do it, and he hasn't done it. So what would make you believe that he would do it now is beyond my comprehension. Matt Forte, I have no idea what happened. What happened to him? Chicago, dominant guy. Top five guy. When he was in his when he was, you know, first starting out in Chicago. Matt Forte in the first two weeks of last season, top guy. Resurrected career. Now, Matt Forte is just as good as the guy eating popcorn watching the game on a Sunday. So I don't know what the heck is going on. Robbie Anderson, Eric Tomlinson, Will Ty, do you know any of these people? Are Darius Stewart, Jermaine Kearse, who came from Seattle, he's on the Jets, but I mean, what is going on with the with the Jets? I don't know. They never seem to have a plan. Three years ago, they didn't have a plan. Then last year, they didn't have a plan. Even worse, this year, I'm I'm baffled that they had less of a plan than they had three years ago. So, the Jets are the Jets, and I wouldn't play any of them. The Jets are definitely sitting on the runway, waiting to take off, and you're probably going to be waiting all season. Ross and I discussed that they may have three wins this year. They could also go 0 and 16. If you have Derek Carr, Marshawn Lynch, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, or friggin' A, if you have Tim Brown, bring him out of retirement and put him on your roster this week because it's going to be all Oakland. Play the Oakland defense and special teams. Play Amari Cooper. Play Michael Crabtree. Play Marshawn Lynch. Play Derek Carr. Marshawn Lynch could, I mean, this man could run all over this team. It's it's absolutely insane. I, I I said that the Jets are not a football team. They're a Broadway show, and I've been saying that for years. But if they were a Broadway show right now, they would get canceled. So they're not a football team, and they're not a Broadway show. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. And if you got an Oakland Raider, have some fun this week and just enjoy watching the game at 4 o'clock. And everybody in Central New York, you know it's going to be on because it's the Jets. So you can watch it on CBS at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time. Dallas at Denver. Denver, I believe, is 5-0 and in their last five games against the Cowboys. And the game is in Colorado. Who do you have for What do you have for this one in fantasy, Mike? Well, I think Denver is going to get the better of Dallas in this one. I think the defense in mile high is going to be a little bit better for them. You know, if you got a Dak Prescott and you're relying on him, I've had him downgraded a little this week going against that Denver defense. They can pressure the quarterback still. So Dak Prescott's the QB2 for me this week. And, you know, on on the flip side there, I, I don't really have anything positive to say about the quarterback situation in, in, in Denver. I mean, the Trevor Simeon is pedestrian at best right now. So it's a, it's a situation where you're not going to get good quarterback play this week. You're going to get good running back play, though. Ezekiel Elliott, the top running back this week, I think they're going to be able to run the ball. But I think the defense is going to be the difference in the game. But definitely play Zeke Elliott. 
Uh, C.J. Anderson, the running back two for me this week. And receiving, you know, Des Bryant, I, I, I got to hope he's going to show up. He's a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three at this point. But, you know, he's going to be heavily defended in this game. They'll probably put two guys on him. And, and you know, I'm not sure that Demarius Thomas can break into the wide receiver one rank this week. I do believe he's a wide receiver two. Emmanuel Sanders, a wide receiver three this week. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Witten can show up a little bit on the score sheet and be a, a tight end two if you have a flex need or if you have a multiple tight end situation in your league. I would rely on him as a tight end two and nothing more than that. Yeah, when I look at Dallas – at Denver for this one. The Dallas Cowboys, I would feel good about telling you to put out Ezekiel Elliott in this game. And, you know, it's hard to go against Des Bryant. He could be quiet in this one. So I have him as a wide receiver three, which would put him in a flex position. And we did get a question, though, and I'm going to take a break from Dallas Denver to address this really quick. The question was, do I start Baltimore defense or Jacksonville defense Baltimore's playing Cleveland, Jacksonville's playing Tennessee. Which defense should I have? I think Jacksonville has the opportunity to get more points for you because in my league you get points for interceptions, points for sacks, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries. So I would lean on Jacksonville, and they're at home. So, And, you know, I know Doug Marone's schemes. I know how Doug Marone does business from covering him for almost four years at Syracuse. So in my opinion, I would play Jacksonville's defense over Baltimore's just because I think Deshaun Kaiser might might have a nice, interesting week for himself in a very positive offensive way. So I would lean more on Jacksonville than Baltimore. I'll get to Dallas-Denver in a second. Mike, what do you think? We just got asked the question, Baltimore D or Jags D in week two. I say Jacksonville defense. What do you say? Well, it's just like you had pointed out. If you get the points for interceptions and sacks, by all means, start Jacksonville. But if you don't, it's more of a standard scoring scheme, and it's more about yardage and points allowed. I would definitely start Baltimore's defense because I think they're going to stifle Cleveland, whereas Tennessee has Marcus Mariota at the helm, and they have a pretty good running game as well. So they're going to be able to control the game, and it should be a low-scoring game in Jacksonville. And I think Baltimore's going to roll up on Cleveland, so... You know, not to cop out. I don't want to pick one over the other without knowing the scoring system. But like I said, if you're rewarded points for Saxon INTs, go with Saxonville. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you are re- you are rewarded in my leagues for sacks, force fumbles, interceptions, fumble recoveries. You are awarded if you hold a team to a certain amount of points. But there's a lot that you can get in uh, in mind that that bodes better for Jacksonville than Baltimore in this one. So I would stick with the Jaguars defense if you ask me. And thank you for the question. Getting back to Dallas and Denver, Mike gave you his thoughts. Uh, As far as me for Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Des Bryant, like I said, I'd put him in my flex. He's a wide receiver three for me. Cole Beasley is not a bad flex guy either in this one because Dak Prescott seems to like him a lot. And Cole caught three passes and Dez only caught two. Dez was targeted nine times in the game, only caught two passes in, in the week one win over the Giants. Jason Witten is still potentially worth the play for me, depending on who you have. If you have Kyle Rudolph versus Jason Witten, it's Kyle Rudolph. If you have Jesse James it's Jesse J- versus Jason Witten, it's Jesse James. But if you're in a situation where you have Jason Witten and David Njoku of Cleveland – 
or you have Jason Witten and, you know, some of the other guys out there, like a Hunter Henry, who's kind of on the fence, that could be a toss up. But if you have Austin Hooper, then it's Austin Hooper. So Jason Witten's a, a tight end two for me this week. He's not going to take over a lot of those guys. Like I said, Hunter Henry is a question mark for me, but I'd still lean on playing him. I feel good about Zeke and Dez Cole Beasley as wide receiver threes. Dak Prescott, I probably would leave him off unless he's your best option that you have. As far as Denver goes in this game, Trevor Simeon had a pretty nice day. So Trevor Simeon, if you get to play two quarterbacks, throw him out there. If you don't, then I'd probably leave him on your bench for this one. C.J. Anderson, I would look at him as a running back two in a deep league or a three. Demarius Thomas, I would play, and Emmanuel Sanders, I'd give him a shout and give him an opportunity to get out there. Benny Fowler the third had two touchdowns on three catches in the first game of the season for the Denver Broncos. If you got to get really deep and you need a last-minute flex guy, maybe you throw him out there, but consistency is key, so I'd lean more on Demarius and Emmanuel in this game. This is a wake-up call fast break. Okay, if you want to be a winner, okay, and who would want to be a loser? Not me. I always win. Won every time. Won when I came out of my mother's womb to where I am today. I never lose, ever. And one of the reasons why is because I go to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for all my fantasy football advice. I go to Mike Safka, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Great guy. Get in touch. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. You heard it right here. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Washington at the Los Angeles Rams. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, I'd like to say that uh, Jordan Reed would be lead all tight ends at this point, especially with the dismal performance of Gronkowski in week one, but you know, I'm just surprised he's still on the field. The injury-prone tight end from Washington is still a, a tight end one play this week. Not so much from the Rams side in the tight Rams side in the tight end position. But you know, you had brought up Jared Goff before. This is going to be an interesting game for him. I think the Washington game plan is going to be for them to run the ball and run the ball. Oh, and by the way, throw the ball with Kirk Cousins. He's a low-end QB one this week, and. Jared Goff, not so much, but at the same time, this is how you can tell it's starting to click, it's starting to happen. And again, like we've said, give me two weeks in a row, then you'll give me something to talk about. Uh, on the running side, 
that Rob Rob Kelly is still going to be the guy toting the rock for Washington. You would have thought Samaje Perrine would be more on the uptick by now, but he just can't seem to get the get himself on the field, and I think that's due to the pass blocking schemes. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, with the with, with Todd Gurley, I mean, he's definitely a running back one. He seems to be back, if you would. I don't think they're going to key so much with eight guys in the box, knowing Gurley's the only weapon now that golf has started to be able to throw the ball a little bit there. And, you know, passing the ball, it's just you got to have a guy that's going to catch the ball. Jamison Crowder seems to come up with that connection with Kirk Cousins. The Rams are still trying to find that. However, look out for this guy, Cooper Cup. He's definitely a rookie on the upside where it's, if you got an opportunity to pick up Cooper Cup, go ahead and do it because I like I like what he's done. Uh, Division two player of the year, All American at Eastern Washington for four years. This is a guy who deserves where he is, deserves to be on the field, and has proven it in preseason, and he proved it in game one as well. So Cooper Cup's going to be a sneaky guy to add, for you to add on your team. Yeah, I definitely agree with the Cooper Cup opportunity, and and for those of you that took a flyer on him and believed that he could be something. When Jared Goff was having some fun with him in preseason, good for you on that one. Washington at the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to start with the road team. Uh, Kirk Cousins, not a bad play for you. He's still an outside of the quarterback one. He's still a quarterback two for me in this one. Rob Kelly, only if you are playing three to four running backs would I put Rob Kelly out there. I like Terrell Pryor Sr. I want to give him a shot in this game. Six catches for 66 yards. Jamison Crowder was underwhelming for me in week one, especially against Philadelphia. So I was surprised with that. I'd leave him off. But Terrell Pryor Sr. and Rob Kelly potentially, but Rob Kelly not a, not a running back one or two. As far as the Rams, I'm going to wait and see what Jared Goff does. He had a nice game, and he did not turn the ball over. But there's a lot of other people that you picked up before Jared Goff, and many of you didn't even go near Jared Goff. As, as far as Todd Gurley, because... The game's opening up a little bit. And, I mean, they exposed the Colts, who I feel like have been getting exposed over the last two years, which is great for teams like Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Houston. You know, the Rams definitely exposed the Colts' woes on offense and defense, but consistency is important with Jared Goff. Uh, Because he's playing pretty well to start off, if he continues to do that in this week, Todd Gurley's not a bad play as a running back, too. Malcolm Brown, if you got to get really deep, I like Cooper Cup in this. I'm not sold on Sammy Watkins. I haven't been since he left Clemson. So I like Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley, outside shot at Malcolm Brown for the Rams in this game. Next one up is San Francisco at Seattle. What do you have for this game, Mike? Well, this one's going to be all Seattle. And when it's over with, you're going to wonder how Seattle was able to keep the score down that low. I don't see many things good in San Francisco at all. You know, I'm just wondering, is it only a matter of time before a Carlos Hyde gets injured and they really flush the season? But Carlos Hyde is a low-end running back, too. Quarterback situation with Brian Hoyer against Seattle, at Seattle, not so much. He's the bottom quarterback on my list of 32, so stay away from that situation. Whereas a Russell Wilson is the polar opposite. He's the number three quarterback this week for me. You know, we, we talked about the running back situation. We talked about this in the past. It's still a bit muddy in Seattle, but after this game, I think it's going to be more clear. You're going to see more of an effort for Chris Carson to be the man. Now, Wallace is going to be back from injury, and he's going to get more touches, but 
this is going to push a guy like Eddie Lacy right off the field. Watch out for Chris Carson. And again, if he's available, go pick him up now. Stash him. If you don't believe in him yet, that's great. I get it. But trust me, you're going to come back and thank us weeks later. And then on the receiving end, they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody in Seattle. And that somebody's going to be Doug Baldwin. Jimmy Graham should have a big game as well. I got him as the number three tight end this week. Yeah, looking at this game, I mean, San Francisco, I just feel like I'm playing a broken record because San Fran last year, I said the same thing I'm saying now. There's nobody that I would play. I am baffled that Brian Hoyer was the passing yards leader over Cam Newton in a 23-3 loss. Outside of that, I don't really like anything. If you got to dig Pierre Garçon, maybe. Maybe you have to dig that far. Hopefully you don't. But as far as Seattle goes, Russell Wilson... He's not a consistent fantasy player, which is why I typically never draft him. He did not throw a touchdown in week one, but he was the leading rusher on the team. So Russell Wilson, not a bad play for you, especially because they're playing San Fran and they're at home in Seattle. Doug Baldwin, not bad either. Paul Richardson, if you got to go a little bit deep to, to a wide receiver three this week. Chris Carson, I said it earlier in the week on the show. I gave Mike all the credit in the world. I said, listen, Mike Sofka said Chris Carson. You said who? And he was the leading rusher of all running backs behind Russell Wilson. Wilson had 40 yards at the quarterback position. Carson had 39 yards as a leading rusher. I told you all about Eddie Lacy two years ago, and I'm not going to tell you again. Five carries, three yards, be done with it. C.J. Proceis. Nothing going on. Chris Carson, Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson. If there's ever going to be a practice game for Chris Carson to see what he can do and get comfortable, it would be San Francisco. So I'm not beyond telling you, Chris Carson, running back three, throw him out there in a flex position, let him fly. You might have to look for him in free agency, but he's somewhere in there because I don't even think people knew who the heck. They probably thought he was a late-night talk show host before game one. (laughs) Green Bay at Atlanta – for the Sunday night football game. What do you have for this? This one, I think, is going to be 30-30-something. to 30 something. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, you got to wonder which defense is going to fall apart first. They both seem to get tired in the third and fourth quarter, and that's when things seem to get interesting um, You know, for both teams defensively. But, you know, if you got Aaron Rodgers, you're definitely starting him. He's the number two quarterback. And i got Matt Ryan as the number four quarterback. You know, both guys deservingly so. Both guys do a great job. Both guys pass the ball on. Both guys put up a ton of fantasy points. The difference is going to be in the running game. Now, the difference in the running game is obvious. One team's got a wide receiver at running back, and one team's got a running back at running back. Oh, and they got a second running back who could start on any other team at Devin Coleman. So Devontae Freeman's going to have a decent game. Ty Montgomery, not so much. I think maybe we'll see a little Jamal Williams this week. You know, receiving situation, you got great receivers on both sides of the ball, and that's led by Julio Jones, the number one right receiver this week. But Jordy Nelson's the number five receiver this week. So, I mean, there's going to be some points in this. I think you're right. I think it could be a high-scoring affair, especially in the second half. If you wager for entertainment purposes only, take the over in the second half. Yeah, looking at looking at this game, Green Bay at Atlanta. This is a fun one for everybody to watch on Sunday night when no other game is on. You should be watching this one. You're obviously playing Aaron Rodgers. Ty Montgomery, you're playing as a flex position because he's the true definition of it. He wears number 88, and he's a running back, for goodness sake. So true definition of the flex position is Ty Montgomery. So you put Aaron Rodgers out there. You put Montgomery out there. You watch Jamal Williams. 
because he is getting a couple carries, but you have to watch him and you have to wait and see where he stands. Randall Cobb surprised the heck out of me. Nine catches for 85 yards, was targeted 13 times more than any other wide receiver by Aaron Rodgers, but that changes from game to game. I still like Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson to put out there, and I like Martellus Bennett in this game as well. For Atlanta, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, like them both, Austin Hooper and Julio Jones, Tevin Coleman, I want to see more than two yards per carry, but I still think that Tevin Coleman is a running back three for you, a flex guy for you in you know on your team. I still don't think he's somebody that's awful. He's going to get his touches and get his opportunities. They're at home in Atlanta, and I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. So I'm playing, playing the majority of the house on both sides in this one. Finally, Monday Night Football, Detroit at the Giants. What do you have for this one, Mike? Wow. I wonder who's the running back in New York for the Giants. You know, the Giants should make a play for Adrian Peterson. Yeah. The Giants should make a play for Kevin Coleman. You don't see a lot of mid-season trades, but, you know, the Giants need help at running back. They can't run the ball. And when you can't run the ball, that impedes your ability to pass the ball. Thus, a downgrade for Eli and crew. Oh, and by the way, you got a guy in your star-wide receiver who's dancing in clubs with a high ankle sprain. Then he comes out yesterday after they mark him questionable and say there's probability that he's going to play. Then he says he's a high ankle sprain and he's six to eight weeks in recovery. I don't know what to believe. I don't know who to believe. And this is the second time where a, a, you know, a, a late game could impact you if you don't have a backup plan in order. So my plan would be at, at best to put uh, Odell in your flex if you think he's still going to be questionable. But I would just look for another option right now. I would just do something else. We talked about a Galloway before. We talked about putting him in a flex and picking up a Chris Carson and popping him in there instead. You know, but, you know, we'll give it till Sunday at least to hear some some more give or take from somebody who knows what's going on there. I don't think uh, they're going to risk pushing Odell, and I don't think Odell wants to force himself back early from a high ankle sprain when he has, you know, so much money on the line. You know, he's going to be coming up for contracts, and there's a lot going on. So I think that you better be downgrading any New York Giant in the passing game because of their inability to run the ball. And I think that if you have to take a a, a, a risk, put him in the flex so you can make a last-minute decision and a last-minute move on Odell. Yeah, you know, when I look at Detroit in this game at the Giants, I'm playing Matt Stafford on the road. I am playing Golden Tate, I'm playing Kenny Galladay, and I'm playing Marvin Jones Jr. I'm wary of who to play at the running back position. Amir Abdullah made it through the first game of the season without getting injured. Rounds of applause, baby. Wow. Let's, 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 you know, let's give, let's give, let's give love where love is due. Let's give it where it's due. Amir Abdullah made it through third season, third time at it. The last chance I think he has with Detroit. And all jokes aside, I hope the man stays healthy because I would have loved to have seen what his capabilities were if he had been healthy in the past. Hopefully that'll happen for Detroit's sake this season. Dwayne Washington didn't do much of anything. So, I mean, I feel good about Tate, Galladay, Jones Jr., Matt Stafford. I mean, it's the passing game. You're going up against the freaking Giants, okay? How great is their pass 
Their pass defense, not that not that wonderful, okay? They're going to allow you 20 to 30 points in the game. So go out there and have some fun. As far as the Giants go, I told you this. I told people when they were drafting, if you're looking at the running attack for the Giants, I will gladly stand by and let you take whoever you want because they are not going to do anything. Orleans Darkwa, I think, should be the starter. He's not. He had three carries for 14 yards. Paul Perkins, seven carries for 16 yards. Didn't do a lick of anything. Sterling Shepard ran the ball once at the wide receiver position. Wayne Gallman wasn't even put on the field. It's just stupid. It's and, and Mike is absolutely right. A team that could make a play for Adrian Peterson is 150% the New York Giants. The problem with the Giants is they've had injuries and issues at, to the offensive line in the past, and they've done little to nothing to fix that. So they are where they are because the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. I don't play Eli Manning. I don't play Paul Perkins or Orleans Darkwa or anybody that is a running back for the New York Giants or pretends that they are. Shane Vereen, if you need a last-second flex position, maybe. And Sterling Shepard, if you desperately want to play a Giants wide receiver. But I think it's going to be all Detroit in this one. Honestly, I could see this 31-10 to when all is over with. I think that this could be a home game for Detroit. I don't know how New York wins as many games as they do in the past few seasons. And I will definitely promise you that the rushing attack's terrible, and it's been terrible. And Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall was a victim of that in his debut with the Giants. One catch for 10 yards, no touchdowns. So stay away from the Giants right now. And I guess just watch on Odell Beckham Jr., but boy, is he a pain in the butt. And he is a guy that you just worry about. He's a number two wide receiver in the nation but you worry about drafting him because of his character and because you just don't know what smoke and mirrors are going on with Odell. So I lean on the receiving core of Detroit, who played a much better defense in Arizona and beat them, and I like Matt Stafford in the game. That is all the advice for Week 2. Mike Sofka, Dan Tatora, Fantasy Football Friday. Mike, as always, I love you, I appreciate you, and I thank you for being a part of the show and lending your expertise from Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com to us every Friday here on Wake Up Call. Well, thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure, and I'll see you next week. All right, sounds good, man. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka once again. Check him out at Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. We went over by half an hour. Once again, it's because got to give you what we got to give you, right? I can't give you advice and then just cut it at 11 o'clock if we're not done. I'm willing to go to the distance and the extra mile if it means that you can feel better about your fantasy football. And I love talking to you in the morning, so why the heck would I not go a little bit longer?